Hello, lovers. Check this shit out. Oh. oh. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us... No? <laughs> You're just going right into it. Yeah. Hold on. I had it a second ago, and I haven't even looked at my phone. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. Boom. No phone. Nailed it. Just need to be drunk every time. Just need to be a little time. bit liquored up, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my name is Koji. I am a part-time monkey and a full-time astronaut. <laughs> That's a lot. That makes a lot more sense if you could see how Koji is dressed right now. And with me, as always, is my good friend and slap cupper, yeah. Andrew Patterson. Just slap cupper, not like good, like slap cupper master. I'm not really a master. I'm okay. I'm no, pretty good at you're it. You're the though. opposite of that because you just got, yeah, you drank that, a bunch of beers with my spit in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but to be fair though, okay. Yeah. I'm not the worst at the game but people keep the people got it out for me like you know, dave, you know who, you dave know who's the worst, next though. to me tom you know who's the worst tom oh yeah also at the game but just like in general just in general he's here too just like at the walking soccer episode we recorded but he is not in on the podcast he's not guesting he'll never be on the show you guys are just going to hear this name tom and you're never going to know who the fuck that guy who is. tom is okay so what do we got on tap for today should we <coughs> oh <laughs> Hello. Me. Should we let everybody know what's going on? Like where we're on site currently yeah. in Muskoka. Yeah. It, on the water. Cottage weekend. Took a nice boat ride. I am in the midst of my other podcast is for a, um, a thing called Buns where people trade stuff. And I am in the midst of living off that for a month. So everything that I do is trade only. And it is very interesting in the context of a cottage weekend. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. Like we went to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we went to Fan Expo. Yeah, for two days before coming up uh, here to Muskoka, and uh, Koji had just started his weekend, and it's been really eye-opening, I guess. Just the well, kindness, a lot like, of kind people. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, but it's pretty interesting. So I guess people check out the Buns podcast stay plugged into buns for more updates on how that's going a whole month living on only trades oh indeed i just spilt a very cold beer on my leg yeah he's also uh so that comment earlier about uh being a part-time astronaut a full-time monkey or whatever it was part-time monkey full-time astronaut he traded for he told people that if uh, they had any clothes that they traded to him he would wear them and so he's currently wearing an astronaut costume like an astronaut suit and then for some reason that is unknown to me because I was cliff jumping, he also has a monkey head on his, it's like a, what is it? It's not even a mask. It's kind of like a, it's like a, a head that goes on your head. Yeah. You like Velcro it under your chin. Anyway, it's uh, really makes for very comical. I'm the only one that can see it right now, but just conjure, if you will, that image. I'll I'll post it on the uh, you gotta love it Instagram there you go. when the episode comes out so you can see what's up. There you go. So this week, the hidden gem is a hip hop group called Sand People. Now, before we get into this, like the Tuscan Raiders, yeah, from Star Wars. 
Before we get into this, let me just um, preface this by saying that I have a very specific taste in hip hop, and anything outside of that taste is not us, is fine. Tell us who that is. What's your taste though? Like, what's the? So I like Chitty Bang a lot. Okay. Okay. I like uh, I like early Ludacris. Sure. I like uh, Little Dicky, obviously. Of course. Um, fuck, who's that guy who used to work for Facebook and then became a rapper? Uh, Hoodie Allen. Right. I like Hoodie Allen. Um, trying to think of what else is on my iPod. That gives me a pretty good idea. I didn't actually know that going into this recording. I didn't yeah. know that you had a specific... Uh, but just like the kind of like fun-loving... Yeah, like party rap. Yeah. Kind of like Asher Roth maybe kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Just Chitty like bang. happier, you know. Early Mac Miller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mac Miller is definitely in my playlist. Okay. So this kind of falls outside of that. And when when anything falls outside of that, I'm just like, I don't I don't know how to categorize it. Like, I mean, obviously there are some other rappers that I listen to that I'm, you know, into. But for the most part, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is just hip hop. Because like I... I don't know what categorizes good rap and bad rap and whatever because I don't listen to a lot enough of it to to be objective about it. Sure. So on the other hand, I listen to a lot of rap. Like a lot of rap. Yeah, you do. Like it's probably like I listen to I love all types of music pretty much, except for like modern popular country, but I would say that hip hop is probably one of my two most listened to genres of music. So I listen to a lot of rap, so I don't know if you guys know, th- know this, but hip hop died with uh, "Riding Dirty" by Chameleon Air. After that song, hip hop was just dead. I do not agree. This year, the low, I was just actually saying this before we actually go into this. This year has been each year, the last like 2014, 2015, 2016 has been pretty amazing because everybody always talks about like the golden age of rap, like late 80s, early 90s. There's a lot, and you know, there's a lot of amazing stuff happening. What the fuck? I didn't even know there was a phone out here. Anyway, can we <laughs> can we turn that up? Can we, no. All right. Anyway, so I've just been saying that like we're currently living in a golden age. I don't know. You could call it a second golden age, whatever. Like this year alone, we have had Kendrick's B sides. Kendrick's like uh you know unreleased or unmixed, unmastered, whatever. Yeah. Chance's mixtape, coloring book. We've had new Kanye, Life of Pablo. We've had new Drake, Views. Uh, yeah. No Name Gypsy, who is a frequent collaborator of Chance the Rapper, has released her first mixtape, you know, Telephone, which is amazing. Let me just add this in there. I like Aesop Rock. Aesop Rock is fucking amazing. He released a new album this year. But not, not The Impossible a Kid. A dollar sign AP Rocky. Yeah, not Aesop Rocky. Aesop Rock. Def Jux. Definitive juxtaposition. Def Jucky Wookies. Yeah, there's like, so there's, I mean, this year has been, I mean, that's just a couple. There's been amazing, even like in kind of hip hop R&B, like Frank Ocean's new album I'm really enjoying right now, Blonde. Uh, there's just been a lot of good shit. School by Q released a great album, Blank Face LP. So for anybody out there that's kind of like crotchety and is like, uh, like rap is dead or like, you know, nothing has been as good as like 90s or like late 80s rap. Like, I don't or agree. There's Riding like a, Dirty by Chameleon Air. Riding Dirty by Chameleon There's like a specific sound that's like, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Native Tongues. I love that shit. But like, you know, it's it's almost to your detriment if you're not paying attention to what's happening now because people are making some great music. I just so, listen to The Firm on repeat over <laughs> and over and over again. 
<coughs> Sorry, guys. I have like an itch in my throat. Cause probably because I just play two games of slap cup followed by a game of beer pong immediately afterwards. Um, so sand people, we'll start with sand people. Yeah. Yeah. What sand do you people. remember? Cause I actually didn't make a note of it. What was the record that we listened to? Do you remember the name of the specific record we listened to? Uh, if you give me a second, I'll, I can pull it up, but you might as well just go on. Okay. So this was recommended to us by Julia. Julia Gulia. Her last name isn't Gulia. Wait, if you get married, your last name is going to be Gulia. Julia Gulia. That's funny. <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know. Uh, but for real, though, uh, we were uh, the story behind it, or what I would say the story behind it, when we went to Way Home. Koji and I went up to Way Home, uh, actually, kind of on behalf of Buns, really. Um, mm hmm. Julia was also on that trip and she, we got talking about, um, for whatever reason, this is a very specific thing to be talking about. We were talking about, uh, like Midwestern rap and sort of, uh, alternative rap, if you will, underground, um, rhyme sayers, atmosphere, that kind of thing. And she told, she asked me if I'd ever heard of sand people. We were talking about doom tree uh, or I was talking about Doomtree and she was like, and I played a song. She was just like, oh, this is sick. Have you ever heard of Sand People? I had never heard of Sand People before this, I'm, I must say. Um, but Sand People, for those who are interested or for those who don't know, I would categorize as very, it's very reminiscent of that sort of Midwest scene. Uh, Rhyme Sarah's Entertainment. Uh, you know, I wouldn't brand it as like white rap, but there is a sort of... I don't even know. I was wondering that as I was listening to it. I was like, are these guys well, white? Are okay, they? here's the other thing. So after listening to the album, right, I listened to the record uh, without any sort of knowledge of what I was getting into. And then I went on like the internet to try to find information. They have a very, uh, the website is pretty comprehensive, but I still couldn't find information about them. Like, I'm pretty sure there's like eight or nine members in the crew, Sand People is like a crew of rappers. If you're familiar with Doomtree, kind of like that. I mean, there's a lot of crews, but I just mean in terms of sort of like the content and the sound, I guess. Uh, it's sort of like an alternative, a lot of like dark subject matter. Um, you know, it's content. the content kind of revolves around drugs and sort of depression and struggle and, you know, I don't know, kind of stuff like that as opposed to being about like hoes and bling. Um, so... The album was called Honest Racket. Right, Honest Racket. And it, I will say that it, it I feel like it's pretty honest. Yeah. Like Yeah, it feels true to the people who are rapping. It songs. feels real. It feels like there's something, you know, the writing, the rhymes that they're writing. It's not all uh, like I said, it's not all flash. Like it definitely feels like a very each each member's verse it feels very personal. Mm -hmm. Um there's like a lot of anger there i think as well in a lot of the songs but a lot of anger a lot of apathy yeah and it's so yeah that's kind of i think the general feel i won't say that i didn't enjoy it because i'll say that i think that they're talented dudes uh i was a bit disappointed i couldn't find more information about them like they don't i couldn't find like a wikipedia page that listed like you know well they are from the pacific northwest this crew okay. has since built itself into 12 members it's 12 members. Yeah. Fully That's equipped to fill a stage and an empty keg, preferably in reverse order. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Like, because I saw that a lot of them have separate projects, side projects, you know, where it's just two or three of them, as is usually the case. Debaser. Debaser. I did read a little bit about Debaser. But the thing that was kind of, I would say, almost surprising to me is that I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, it would be impossible to know every rapper ever, of course. But the the sheer volume of hip-hop music I listened to, I was very surprised that I hadn't heard of even, like, any of the members or any of their projects. Like, it was, like, a completely... It was all completely new to me in terms of not even hearing any of them. On on this album, there's tracks featuring people I'm familiar with, like Grouch. Uh, there's a song featuring Grouch, who I'm familiar with from Living Legends crew, uh, Grouch me, and Eli. Let me just read this out pretty quickly. Do it. To the untrained eye, Sandpaper, Sand people may appear to be, oh, wait, sorry, it just skipped ahead because of the internet. It's to the okay. untrained eye, sand people may appear to be a confusing mass of hungry emises, em- emises full of passion and low on serotonin. To the trained eye, this is a certainty. Okay. Yeah. That's their blurb? That's what they got? Yeah. All right, so let's just go into the record. I mean, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, I think we've talked about this before when we've covered music. Yeah. Where a huge thing, it's kind of like I'm, I'm learning about myself and I'm learning about interpreting media like this as we continue to do this podcast, how people interpret movies, how people sort of uh, ingest content. I think with music, a huge, huge thing, it really depends on you know, what point in your life you listen to something, what you've maybe heard prior. Yeah. Uh, And for me, this was not, by no means was it bad. It was, this was recommended to us as a hidden gem and I could totally understand why somebody would think it's a hidden gem. Also, shout out to Julia. Like there's talented guys, you know, like they they know what's going on. I don't Mm -hmm. think there are any girls in the crew. So that's why I keep saying guys. But, um, But I think it was just like my history following Doomtree and Atmosphere, you know, like Ant and Slug, Aesop Rock, Definitive Jux, Idea and Abilities. That's actually kind of, I remember we discussed Idea and Abilities yeah. uh, a little bit, uh, Sage Francis, sort of oh yeah, the groups that, MCs and like rap hip hop artists that were kind of alternative, that were kind of influenced by maybe like punk and folk and rock music. Um, Again, most of which, not that this really matters at all, but it does kind of is noticeable when you listen to what they're rapping about. But a lot of um, a lot of white rappers, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, we were that's kind of how we ended up here. It wasn't like it didn't blow my mind is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. I could I could honestly see how somebody was just getting into rap, you know, and they only knew like classics, you know, like Tupac and Biggie or whatever. And they were kind of branching out. If they discovered Sand People, it would be amazing. But I also say that there's like, um, it, it strikes a certain chord to somebody who is, um, would be relatable. Yeah. 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 Like it, there's again, a lot of anger, a lot of apathy, a lot of like drug use. Sure. Right. So I can definitely understand that bit of it. I would say that, uh, the kind of a note that I made while I was listening to it is that there's some, I'd say it, in my in my opinion, based on the rap music I've listened to, it's very there's kind of like there's more than two camps, but let's say there's two main camps. I think that a lot of the content that um, people like minorities, like visible minorities, rap about, mm-hmm. kind of falls into one group, and then you have sort of like uh, 
the Eminem camp. I was kind of, kind of comparing it. There's way, it's way more complicated than this, but I kind of boil it down to like people influenced by like tribe called Quest, native tongues, you know, kind of soulful music that deals with like sh- issues, but it's it's kind of a little bit more rooted in soul and like culture of the minorities involved, black yeah. culture, Latino culture, or whatever. And then there's sort of like the Eminem approach, which is more sort of like working class white America, uh, you know, and you can almost draw, like there's a lot of these groups that, you know, you can almost, again, you can categorize them like a lot of, I feel like a lot of white rappers rap about, they could rap about political things. But, but it's, their own experience though. Yeah, exactly. So to me, this definitely falls more into the Eminem camp than it does the Tribe Called Quest Native Tongues camp. Sure. There's a lot more, it's very bleak. I felt like it was very bleak. Like yeah, it was yeah. a very like, uh, like we keep saying angry. Like there was just like um, this sort of current of just, uh, I don't know how to say, you know, just kind of like fuck the world. Like, kind of like punk rock. Kind of like you punk know? rock, yeah. But not as aggressive, I don't think. The say, On the flip side, not as aggressive as a group like Doomtree where... You know, like POS, like they have songs like Fuck Your Stuff, where it's just like, they, I, I feel like POS is a lot more, and Doomtree are a lot more in your face, but sure. kind of fuck the establishment, and Sand People is just kind of like, I don't know, maybe a little bit more thought-provoking. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's like, you could make a lot of a, comparisons, cunning linguists, uh, even maybe like a moral technique or something like that, but it was it was good. I'm, I'm going to say this. I enjoyed it. I think it's just because I listened to so, so much hip hop that there wasn't any, like the production was good, yeah. but it didn't like, and also could have been the album we listened, we listened to. I don't really know where in their catalog this album falls. I'd say, pro- I feel like it's probably halfway because they seem to have their shit on lock, but yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, this is cool. Like I would definitely go back and listen to it again, but like it wasn't, it didn't blow my mind. Well. You know, with my preface earlier, it did not fall into this slim category that I have for most of the rap that I listen to. So it was hard for me to judge fairly. And I feel like I'm really not the person to say whether or not it was good or bad or whatever, because I only listen to, I mean, a few rappers outside of that, but mostly a slim sliver. Sure of style so but i would be interested because you you do listen to a lot of punk rock and a lot of post hardcore and stuff and seeing those sort of elements in this group like i feel like it almost would be a good entry point mm. to listen you know what i mean i don't know it just feels like like if that's kind of i'll tell you this if i heard it when i was younger mm-hmm. i would have been all over it sure you know yeah but the the sort of like what they what they rap about and kind of the the spot that they're hitting, I got enough bands that already hit that spot. Sure. That like, you know, I don't need this other one. One note I did make uh, in addition is that I think this would be a great group to see live, as far oh, as yeah. ra- as far as rap is concerned. Because like I've been to like a fair amount of rap shows and like rap shows are w- a bit weird to me. Like it's really hit or miss. Like you can have, if it's just one guy rapping, not even full songs, but like a verse or two from like, you know, songs that were hits and his DJ's kind of playing bits and pieces or maybe like putting down different instrumental and he raps. Most of the shows I've been to of like rappers I love have been like that. Like most deaf. I now, hate that. Now known as Yasin Bey. 
Um, but I have seen some amazing shows. Aesop Rock was one of the best hip hop shows I've ever been to. It was Aesop Rock and Rob Sonic. But Doomtree as well is like that. And I feel like this would have a Doomtree feel. Like if you got if you saw this entire crew, if they were together for a festival or something like that, yeah. and they're all on stage and they had all the producers. But they the wouldn't guys. just rap their own verses though. Well, I guess I guess there are mean? some there are some guests on the album, but for sure. the most part it's just them. Like they could do the yeah. whole songs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I don't like when I just hear like a rapper do his verse from a song and I'm just like <laughs> Yeah. There, I don't know. It's like there's an energy there. I just think I could see it being amazing, like mm. especially if you saw it on like a lot lately. A lot of these tours or these festivals, like Riot Fest or Warp Tour, that have like a a punk, hardcore, metal, alternative rock kind of feel, have been bringing more and more hip hop artists and electronic artists into the fold because you know, say like Skrillex, for example, he kind of blends a more aggressive type of music with like dance and they're kind of trying to bring that into the fold. I could absolutely see going to Riot Fest to see Sand People and it being fucking wicked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It was good. It was good. Um, so let me ask you, yeah. who is your favorite, who is your favorite white rapper? Aesop Rock, I think for sure. I think it would have to be Aesop Rock, honestly. I don't even like, I don't know, man. LP is good too, though. I, it's weird. Like I listen, I love Atmosphere. Like I love Slug as well. But like, I feel like uh, even though I've brought it up a lot of times, I've listened to, I listen to so much hip hop that often I don't maybe make that distinction as much as much as I used to. But uh, Sims and Cecil Otter from Doomtree are also great. But I would say like in terms of just records I own and like, Tra- number of times listened to Aesop Rock probably tops the list because Ed, like I just think he's brilliant I, he seems kind of like a t- bit of a tortured soul some of his stuff is really like dark but like he's like you he's know very artistic so, and some people yeah like I there's that that infographic online where it's like rappers the vocabulary have you ever seen that no it's like somebody uh the measurement was like how many times they use the same word or something. So on one end of it, it's like a rapper that, you know, only uses the N bomb fuck and like two other words basically in all of their songs. Like a little John would be on one end of the spectrum. Yeah. And then Aesop rock is so far on the other end. There's nobody near him, like nobody even close. And, uh, some people are like, Oh, well, you know, whatever. Like it's just fucking like, yeah. I don't know, whatever. They think that's stupid, but I admire the hell out of it. It's like, I, I love Aesop Rock because you can listen to one of his songs repeatedly and it blows my mind that he can like, the first 10 times you listen to one of his songs, it sounds almost like gibberish. You're like, these are not linked concepts. He's just saying words that rhyme. But the more you listen to it, the more you unlock sort of like, oh, fuck. Like he's actually telling a story or like, you know, there is like a, th- it's it's amazing. So... Yeah, I guess it's probably it would probably be ASAP Rock. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I think that now's the time that we move on to the you gotta love it section of the podcast. Mm. Where we will be talking about Terrence Malick's Tree of Life. Ugh. God. Okay. Let me just say this. If you guys like a bunch of inane whispering over a David Attenborough documentary, then the first like 45 minutes of this movie is for you. 100%. Can I read my first note that I wrote? Yeah. That while I was watching this, yeah. verbatim, the note says, 
irritating right out of the gates, very self-indulgent, music so pretentious, camera work incredibly bothersome as well. So I wrote that like in the first like 15 minutes of the film. Mm. Uh, but as we try to do, we find things to love, we'll talk about those things. I actually will say that I feel like the, he has a very deliberate way of making movies i think i think that i don't think you can argue that like it's like a very almost stubborn like you're like why are you filming things this way but then you just kind of if you want to even pretend to enjoy the movie or get involved in the story you kind of just have to accept it well he my other note says <laughs> i'm an hour in and there's still no story <laughs> yeah i my note after the note i just read you says uh wtf is going on feels like a music video and not in a good way but here's the thing. I'll say this after watching the whole movie. The so I, it, just for anybody that has never seen this movie or knows nothing about it, the, it's basically about a guy, a Sean, played by Sean Penn, who is having, uh, like years ago, his young one of his younger brothers, one of his two brothers, passed away, mm-hmm. uh, and he kind of is just musing on the meaning of life and thinking about his relationship with his parents. And the movie kind of is told through flashbacks of his sort of like this family in Texas in, I don't know what, like the sixties or something like that. But it's also them talking to God. Yes. Well, that's the like meaning of life and like asking. Yeah, of course. But I just mean like the, the most baseline, if you were to describe this movie, that's kind of what it's about. But then there's all this other shit that kind of confuses that. Like, again, the first like half an hour, 45 minutes starts at like the big bang and is like the formation of the planet and like earth and like the evolution of humankind. And there's fucking dinosaurs and it's, it just, and, and like Koji said, there's kind of whispering over it, people. And it really does not come across as like heavy or touch. It didn't touch me. It just felt very pretentious. Like yep. it was when we were talking, like when we were talking about Beyonce's lemonade, and there was those long shots of her just staring at the camera, you know? Mm-hmm. It felt like that, but like a guy, a director, just kind of like, you know, I understand what kind of what he was going for, but it didn't come across that way. It just felt like a kind of art house, like a student film. Yeah, like, this is just all about, this movie is made for art students to just like jack off all over it. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, you didn't get it? Oh, fucking loser. Yeah. Figure it out, buddy. You probably, your favorite movie is probably fucking... But, but, but. Pacific Rim. We got to talk about things we love. Yeah. Here's what I loved about this film. Yeah. So the way the story is told, uh, the kid is just kind of reminiscing over memories of his childhood. Right. And it is not like a cohesive storyline. I I like that part. Well, yeah. That that, was the part I liked. That's what I'm saying. The middle part of the movie was dope. I love how they're able to tell a story just from like bits and pieces like of vignettes. his memory. Yeah. And, and like it, like you get a sense of everything that happened in his life basically. Mm. And so that, that aspect of it, I was like, wow. Cause at first I was like, I don't understand what this movie's about. And then it kind of like went through a bunch of those. And I, and then I was like, Oh, this is a very interesting way to tell a story. Yeah. And I think that the, even the camera work that I complained about earlier, like it, it's just one of those things like I don't really personally I don't see the need for that like first 30 45 minutes about like the creation of like humankind because like if this movie had literally just been 
filmed from those sort of like a lot of the shots feel like it's just a person carrying a camera running up behind somebody. Uh, you know, it feels like you're kind of involved in the scenes. But if it was just about this kid's life growing up in like mm. whatever Texas town he grew up in. Yeah. If the whole movie was that, I would have been like, this is great. But it it really I could see why like when I talked to my parents when this movie came out, they walked out of this movie around the time when the dinosaurs showed up because they were just like, what the fuck is like, this is stupid. And yeah. I can totally understand that. Like, it's not even like a, oh, you didn't get it. Like, it's, I felt completely unnecessary to me. You can totally have somebody questioning the meaning of life and questioning their f- spirituality or their faith without right. showing. I just didn't really get why that was necessary. But that middle part, I I really enjoyed where it was just sort of like showing how his dad played by Brad Pitt, reacted to things, you know, how his mother, you know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of really interesting tidbits in there, but I think that they were really buried for anybody, like a casual viewer that was like, oh, this movie's supposed to be great and watched it. They would just be like, what the fuck? Like, it's almost like he was trying to screen. If you don't watch the first hour of this movie and sit through it, then I'm not going to like present you with the gem that is in the center. And then the end was kind of the same. Yeah. The salt flats thing where they're kind of like saying, it's like they're saying goodbye kind of like, right. That was also, I felt... Like, was he in heaven there? I'm not yeah, really like, what sure. what the hell was going on? But, but, um, there, it's a very good depiction of, like, boys being boys. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, all the, like... Breaking windows. Wandering around the neighborhood and, like, kicking things and, like, you yeah. know, just a bunch of weird shit. Yeah. There was, like, a bunch of moments that were over, like, totally menial things, but that peer pressure, like, when they're breaking those windows and, like, or, like, putting, tying the frog to the, to the firecracker and yeah. stuff, and it's, like, you can tell that, like, some of them feel kind of bad about it and they don't want to do it, but, like, the other kids are, like, well, you, like you know, you pussy and, like, kind of... Yeah. Just, like, things like that given weight that you could almost, like, relate to, like, yeah. anybody could relate to. So that stuff was interesting. The houses and sets were fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, said it, you know, there were some beautiful shots. I, it was the, 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 ugh, the dynamic between Je- Jessica Chastain and uh, Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah. You know, I, I it thought it was good. Yeah. It was okay. It's another one of these movies where it's like we talked about Suicide Squad about actors being in the movie and f- almost feeling sorry for the actors. This obviously doesn't have the rep of Suicide Squad. I yeah. think that there's people hate it and love it in equal measure. Like I think it's still pretty critically acclaimed film. Well, it was on, like, it was, it's been on a bunch of like best movies ever lists. Yeah. I don't agree with that, but I will say that I think that Jessica Chastain and Brad Pitt turned out incredible performances, but yep. it was just like, I was kind of mad at the movie. So I didn't like, you know, like Brad Pitt was kind of a conflicted character. There's a point where he's talking about, you know, how he's, he regrets, the way that he is basically with his sons but right. like he still just is that way like he's very hard on his eldest and like after their their middle child passes away or whatever and he's just like kind of regrets like why did i do you know why did yeah. i make him do these things why did i speak to him this way um, so does the middle child pass away from jumping in the pool no i think that was just another kid that was just a story that was like another kid just in their town that was like his first brush with death i think that he died in a war possibly like in Vietnam oh, or something because they, get the, yeah, they yeah. get the letter from Western Union yeah um and I mean given the timeline I would assume it would have had to have been like Vietnam or something like that maybe uh they also never really touch on like he's struggling you know the factory closes and they're struggling to make ends meet and they're kind of in the poor section of town but then right. like when they receive that letter they're in this beautiful like contemporary home 
and they're like clearly and they never really touched on what happened that allowed them to become wealthy and sean penn's character is also like this big shot like maybe his patents worked yeah, out yeah you know? so that was kind of you know there's bits and pieces where i was like oh i want to know more about what's going on but there was a lot of frustrating shit i'll be real well they just said they had they moved for a job too that's true well that's kind of the end of the movie that's kind of how that's how the Texas, that's how the flashback ends, and then it's the salt flats thing. Yeah, the, it ends with them moving away. Is that? Hmm? Yeah. So, anyway. uh, recommendations for the week? Or wait, do you do you want to go on more? But tree of light. No, I think that's pretty much it. I think it was just another look. Like, I didn't love it, but I don't think it's terrible. I just think that it could have done without the beginning third yeah like the last eighth like there was just um i just think he just kind of missed the missed the target a little bit i don't really he tried he was too lofty i like his other movies man or some of his other movies like i like thin red line yeah i like thin red line. um what was the one he did before tree of life do you remember i don't have it up i didn't could pull it I, up but i don't remember but i didn't like that one he didn't like the one before tree of life yeah fuck what anyway whatever i, I don't know it it was a you gotta love it. I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. There's lots of stuff I enjoyed. I think I could probably, if I rewatched that movie and just skipped through the gases floating through space and the formation of Earth and the whispering, yeah, that I'd really enjoy it. If it was just like a Texas childhood, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So I mean, I don't know. Check it out. I think it's worth checking out, to be honest. I, I would say that. But like, yeah, just know going into it that I think that if you are warned beforehand that there's like half hour of bullshit. Yeah. If you sit through that or fast forward or skip through that, there's some stuff that's worth worth watching. Definitely. Um, it, it definitely tells the story in a way that stories are not usually told. Yeah. You definitely feel it's immersive for sure. Um, yeah. Recommendations. Well, my recommendation for the week is a movie that we talked about earlier on the dock there called Slackers. <laughs> Starring that is the opposite of Tree of Life. Yeah. Could not be further from the movie we watched for this episode. Starring Jason Schwartzman and Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Love that movie. I have it's probably great. seen it like a hundred times. I got that no movie joke. for like four ninety nine at Blockbuster. I am I am obsessed with it. It's in uh it's right next to Out Cold in my my shelf. Starring yeah. Zach Alphanakis. There's a hair doll in it. Oh so gross. You Creepy. and me in a little locked room. Right? Gross. That, that little song at the end there. Yeah. Just just a lot of a lot of gems, you know. I am a commercial airline pilot i don't remember ladies that. i am a commercial airline pilot anyways i don't the, remember that part at all of the movie it's the beginning of the movie where he says like if you if you tell a lie three times with conviction people will believe you <laughs> oh is your friend there a pilot too no fbi <laughs> uh don't i just gotta rewatch that movie i did it I, it's fun it's a fun movie i fucking love that movie Anyway, so you should check it out. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely one of those movies I think is kind of like uh, almost like an office space. It's kind of in between. There's a lot of people I talk to through work or at parties or social 
social engagements where you're either our age and there's like you know or you're like you're like what the fuck is office space and you're like oh shit you should fucking go see this you like silicon valley what's that you like silicon valley go watch office space yeah um my recommendation is uh in the vein of more in the vein of what we reviewed uh today hip-hop kind of group called brass tracks just released an ep called good love and it's great I would say that it's similar to if you like Chance the Rapper or Donnie Trumpet or the sort of like feel good, you know, horn instruments with guys like MCing over top, brass tracks is right up your alley. Um, check out the song Melanin Man. Melanin as in skin. My skin has more melanin than yours. Uh Melanin Man, great song. Totally will give you a taste of what the rest of this, like, I think it's like a seven song EP, but it's great. So uh, check it out. It's like a perfect end of summer album. Could not be more perfect. Called Brass Tracks. Brass Tracks, one word. Uh, and the album's called Good Love. Check it out. Maybe we queue up a song at the end of Maybe we queue up Melanin Man at the end of this. All right, we'll do that if you remind me. Do we want to talk about what we're going to do for next time? Because I've got some of the suggestions in front of us right here. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to pick at random. Not at random, but I'm going to look at these suggestions and see. uh, For the You Gotta Love It. Uh, Let's go with uh, The Happening. Ooh, okay. Have you seen it? No. I never saw it. M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. We're going to watch The Happening. For those of you listening, if you want to watch along or you want to, like, you know, reach out to us on social media and just harass us, that's what we're going to watch. And for The Hidden Gem, uh, from the same, the suggestions both came from uh, Nico Rudolph, um, who we met at Fan Expo, actually. He did these sick, like, three dimensional black and white prints. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, they're really good. So we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back. We'll touch on sort of like, you know, some of his stuff, but the hidden gem that he suggested was actually Punisher Warzone. He feels that that movie is very... Underrated. Underrated, or at least like not appreciated the way it should be. People went and saw it expecting one thing, but if you go in expecting something else, it's very good. According to him, it's a dark comedy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for our listeners, the happening is that you got to love it, and the hidden gem will be Punisher Warzone. And I guess we'll... uh, See you next week. I'm going to go continue to bake in the sun. Yeah, you do you. And decompress. Peace. We didn't earn the right to fly to be. We've been running, beating, top down, cause our skin I shine, shine right through the hate I'm a king, she a queen, they all know we're great I know you a fan, who you want my style Can you rock a paint chain, can you rock my sorrows I know they're afraid, cause I'm educated Yeah, yeah, you're looking at greatness I'm melanin man No, 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 that ain't a tame, yeah You're a fan, oh, my heritage is your new trend, yeah, my, 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 my.
Can you see? Can you see them shine? I love when I see my ladies shine. My queens, they shine. They shine. Melanin Mac. 